we now move on to chapter 7 which deals with gnana vigyana yoga or what might be called the philosophies of manifested and unmanifested divinity krishna says to arjuna having given you the assurance that i shall certainly protect you if you repose faith in me let me now describe how i pervade this universe arjuna i am not only eternal but also formless and beyond both space and time space and time have meaning only when there is creation i create the universe according to my pleasure and i dissolve it when i feel it is necessary space and time are born at the instant of creation and cease to exist when the universe is dissolved however i the creator always exist when i create the universe i basically project myself onto space and time i cannot be directly seen but i may be experienced by humans if they make the effort people may not be able to see me in a physical sense but they certainly can feel my presence i manifest in creation in a million different ways as i shall explain in detail later everything you see and experience in the universe is merely an aspect of me in other words there is nothing but god everywhere and in everything both seen and unseen what i have just described may be called manifest divinity there is a higher aspect unmanifest divinity that transcends space and time this unmanifest divinity is known by various names such as brahman atma absolute reality pure consciousness and so on don't be scared by all these names just think of the unmanifest as god and keep him always in mind as you know there are both inanimate and animate entities in the universe minerals oceans mountains etc are inanimate while insects birds animals and humans of course are animate just as a house is built by assembling bricks so is all matter in the universe made up of atoms thus atoms are the building blocks of matter no wonder then that atoms are to be found everywhere from here to the very edge of the cosmos living beings too are made up of atoms but there is something very special about them they have this mysterious thing in them called life no one can see life or touch it but everybody can experience life you can see life on other beings not only through their actions but also through their growth and decay this life principle is sometimes called jiva it is an aspect of unmanifest divinity earlier i described a living person as the atma trapped in a cage or the body the embodied atma is also called the jivatma thus arjuna you are a jivatma arjuna asks krishna what about you 
Are you also a Jivatma? Krishna replies, No way. I am special. I am the Paramatma. Don't ask me for the difference right now. I shall come back to that later perhaps. Getting on with what I was telling you, let me now describe how I pervade the universe. To start with, I must remind you that everything in the universe has come out of me and me alone. In other words, I am the creator. Don't get fooled by the fact that right now I have a body like yours and eat, walk, talk, etc. like humans do. In fact, this is how humans get fooled by appearances where avatars are concerned. Let me stress that I am not only the creator, but in fact, the ultimate. The ultimate, ultimate, if you will. There is nothing beyond me. Remember that. In the physical universe, I pervade everything you can think of. I am, for example, present in all the five elements, sky, air, fire, water, and earth. But here I must caution you to describe me as being present in this or that is only a limited way of looking at things. It is more appropriate to say that God is the sky or the ether, God is air, God is fire, and so on. In fact, everything in the universe is God. Arjuna asks, Krishna, if everything in this universe is God, then why don't people see God everywhere? Krishna replies, Ah, that is because God disguises and hides himself to see if you can find him. It is a game he likes to play. Consider a garland with many beautiful flowers. Can a bunch of flowers form a garland all by themselves? You need a connecting thread, don't you? Yet, when you see a garland, is that connecting thread visible? No. I am the foundation and the basis for the physical and manifest universe. Can you have a house without a foundation? It is the same thing here, and like the foundation of a house, I remain hidden. However, this does not mean my presence cannot be felt or experienced. Let us say you are very thirsty and your throat is absolutely parched. You see a clear stream with cool water flowing in it. You drink that water to your heart's content and find it very refreshing. But you do not know that the sweetness of that cool and fresh water is me. It is I, latent as sweetness in that water that brings joy to you. Another example. It is a hot and humid day and you are perspiring heavily. Suddenly, there is a gust of cool breeze and you feel relief. Arjuna, I am that breeze giving you that refreshing experience. I am the brilliance of the blazing fire and the radiant blue of the sky. Time being short, I won't give more examples though I can go on and on till the end of time. It is enough for you to know that all excellence and beauty in the universe 
flows directly from me. If you see a very intelligent person, know for certain that this person's intelligence is not his own, but flows from me. Your brother Bhima is very strong. You know that. But do you know that his strength is really a tiny part of my strength reflected via him? And now, a word of caution. Sometimes you would find excellence, no doubt, but along with it, also some unwanted contamination. The excellence is mine, but the contamination does not come from me. Take, for example, the case of Hiranyakashipu, the father of Pralada. Hiranyakashipu was a brilliant scientist, and that brilliance essentially came from me. But he misused that gift of excellence and thereby became a demon. In this world, excellence often appears with contamination. When you encounter such contaminated brilliance, do not ever associate the adulteration with me. Let us say you go to the stream that I mentioned a minute ago. You have with you two bottles and you fill both with water. One bottle is red while the other is clear. The water in the red bottle would appear red while the water in the other bottle would appear clear. The same water is present in both bottles, but they appear different. Why? On account of the color of the bottle. In the same manner, while divine power everywhere is pure, humans contaminate it with their innate tendencies or gunas. More about gunas later, but I hope that you will remember to identify clearly the different origins of excellence on the one hand and contamination on the other. Divine love also gets adulterated in the same way. Love is my form, and since I am in all, I am present as pure love in every heart. But when it flows out into the world through the mind, the senses and the body, it almost invariably gets adulterated. This adulterated stuff appears as attachment between mother and son, as infatuation between husband and wife, as desire between man and worldly attractions, and so on. All this adulteration takes place on account of the gunas. These latent tendencies of the human superimpose themselves on pure love, and thus it is that the world is full of only contaminated stuff. It is very difficult to come across pure love, and incidentally, that is one reason why God comes down as avatar, to remind him at least from time to time what pure love really means. The avatar's love is pure and unsullied because he is always totally above the gunas. His love draws people from everywhere and of all kinds like a powerful magnet. Yes, Arjuna, that is the nature of my love. Arjuna, all sorts of devotees come to me, each with his or her own agenda. Broadly speaking, one can identify four categories amongst the devotees. All devotees love me, no doubt, but except the devotees in category four, 
all want something or the other from me. People in category 1 want wealth. People in category 2 want their problems solved and fixed. And people in category 3 hunger for knowledge, which by the way is a very good thing. No matter to which category people belong, I love them all and equally too. All are the same to me and I give to each what he wants. Do you know why? Because I hope that one day they would ask for what I really like to give. Do you want to know what that is? Why this very knowledge of the self or Atma Jnana that I am imparting right now to you? Arjuna, it is funny. People ask me for all kinds of trivial things and trinkets when I can confer the greatest possible boon. Arjuna asks, Krishna, why do people do as you say? What blinds them? Krishna smiles and replies, Maya, of course. People accuse me of trapping them in Maya. People behave foolishly and then blame me for it, as if I have no better business than casting the veil of Maya. If people choose to bury their heads in sand, the fault is theirs and not mine. Arjuna, Maya or illusion arises from spiritual ignorance. For example, I am present everywhere and yet people ask, where is God? I can't see him. If they cannot see me despite my being everywhere, whose fault is it? Mine or theirs? If only people would make the effort to get rid of their ignorance, they can immediately see that I am in them, above them, below them, in front of them, behind them, and so on. Arjuna then asks, Krishna, I understand what you say. How does one get rid of this ignorance? Krishna smiles and replies, Ignorance can be banished, practicing internal purity and seeking with humility, guidance from a guru, as you are doing right now. Let me give an example of how knowledge destroys ignorance. There is a dark room and in a corner there is a coiled rope. A man enters the room sees the rope, shouts snake, snake and rushes out. A crowd gathers and people then enter the room armed with sticks and carrying a lantern and what do they see? A rope and not a snake. There was no snake, only a rope as always. The person who saw it first was deluded on account of darkness. But when the darkness was removed, he along with all others saw that there was no snake and only a rope. This example teaches the relationship between knowledge and reality on the one hand and ignorance and delusion on the other. It is only the ignorant that get deluded, the wise do not. Jnana or wisdom shines when ignorance is expelled or scrubbed away. This jnana does not have to be obtained from anywhere outside. It is already latent within. All that needs to be done is to remove the shroud covering it.
Once you acquire jnana, the world would appear very different. It does not mean that you would stop seeing the sun or the moon and so forth. Rather, you will see me in them, in all my glory. You will see in the sun, not the bright light of a fireball, but my divine brilliance. You will see in the moon, not the reflected light of the sun, but my coolness, and so on. Most people don't see my omnipresence simply on account of ignorance. Indeed, even when I come down as an avatar, as at present, people are not able to know who exactly I am. Once again, this is on account of spiritual ignorance. Just because I eat, sleep and move about like ordinary mortals, people develop all kinds of wrong notions and fail to see me as God in human form. In the process, they miss the priceless opportunity to spiritually elevate themselves in many ways. I am right here, ever ready to help, but few seem to want spiritual help. All this is due to self-generated delusion. Take it from me, Arjuna. I know everything about everything and everybody. I know all about those who lived in the past, those who are living now, and those who would come in the future. That is God. Arjuna, it is important that you must know me in your heart and not in your head. It is no use simply telling me, Krishna, you are God. You must feel that way in your heart. Only those who so know me in their hearts will come to me fast. Others would have to go through many births before they get purified enough to merge in me.